I think I'm going to go jacketless this morning. I'm getting a little bit hot up here. Plus, I might preach better now. You never know. Get, get out of the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Old Testament. We're going OT this morning, friends. Turn to the person beside you and say, we're going OT. We're going there. One of the things I love about First Assembly is um, we were at staff meeting this past week, and Pastor Lisa was telling me how we're just really growing right now. One of the growing uh, ends of our church demographics is little babies and pregnant ladies. So be fruitful and multiply. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. So, hey. Um, And, you know, the beautiful thing about little kids and toddlers is um, when they learn their first few words. And uh, we, we remember this with our children, but those of you who, who just know how it goes, the first few words for, for little babies when they start talking, mama, dada. I think I had dada first a couple times, didn't I? Twice? Three times? Oh, see? Uh, <laughs> mama, dada. And then how about this one? No. <laughs> and mine. There's that kind of inerrant, you know, um, selfishness that we're all born with. The Bible talks about that, that we're, you know, we're just kind of born with that sin nature, that fallen nature. Thank, thanks to Jesus Christ that he saves us from that, sets us free to live at a whole new level. But we are, we're in a battle um, in, in this whole sin nature that we, that we struggle with in life. There's, there's a war, and the Apostle Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 7 and 8, the struggle is real. Uh, between what our flesh desires us to do and what the Spirit is, is saying. And God is working that work of sanctification, which means that's a Bible word that just basically means becoming more and more like Jesus. But we have this, you know, inside of us, we have this, this, uh, this unwillingness uh, at times. And so this morning, I want to uh, just share this, this word with you. Um, and here's, here's what it is. It's it's having a willing spirit. So having and maintaining a willing spirit. Because we can have a willing spirit, how many know? And then all of a sudden we just kind of... So it's just as important that we have a willing spirit as we maintain uh, this willing spirit in our lives. David, he prayed this, Restore to me the joy of, of my salvation and, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. There's sustenance. Uh, there's progress. There's, there's strength that God brings to our lives as we stay in a place of open-heartedness and willingness to hear his voice, to listen to the word of God, to take it to heart, and to act in obedience, saying, God, even this, if this is hard for me, I'm willing And that's where we find sustenance. That's where we find how God sustains us. That's where we find how how God uh, gives us victory through trials, through battles that we find ourselves in on a regular basis. All of us have faced battles in life. Uh, Some of us are facing battles currently, right now. There are some significant uh, battles that are taking place in your life. And so we're looking this morning, if you have your Bibles, at Judges chapter 5. We're, we're just going to look quickly at Hebrews 12 first, so you can put a finger there. 
But Judges, this is a time period in the people of God, Israel, where they have now crossed over from wandering in the wilderness under Moses' leadership. Joshua then leads them over across the Jordan River into the, the promised land, uh, the land of Canaan, the Canaanites who were, were there in that land. And, and God begins to give them victory after victory, and they, they move into the promised land. But even in the promised land, there are battles to be fought. How many know? That even when you're walking in the promises of God, even when you're walking in the obedience to the Lord, there, there's wars and there's battles. And so the people of God in, in Judges, God is their king, but God is raising up leaders called judges who would, as Moses did, judge the people and discern between issues that they would bring him. And also God is, in Judges, it's a picture of God's justice, where he is, through the people of God, judging the sin and the wickedness of the other nations. And so God is doing a couple things in, in the book of Judges. Um, God is, first and foremost, he is calling his people to relationship with himself. And he's using the trials, the wars, the battles that they are going through. Just like in our own lives, we wrestle and we war. But, but some of these battles and trials that we walk through... Um, we see a picture how God is, is allowing those battles to take place that the people of God would, would eventually then cry out in their sin and in their wickedness. And this is the cycle that we see over and over in the book of Judges. Basically, the book of Judges is like a roller coaster. There's ups and downs. It's like up and down. Uh, they're serving God. There's victory. There's joy in the camp. There's blessing. There's prosperity. Then the people of God, they begin to marry pagan wives. They begin to worship false gods and idols. They, they break the covenant and they find themselves in a slippery slope of falling back into depravity and evil and sin and wickedness. And then God just kind of says, well, I'm taking then my hands off in the sense where I'm still in control, but I'm allowing now these other nations to rule over you and, and, and judge you. And it's the process then of allowing these wars and these trials to bring the people of God back to that point where they, then they call out to God again and they say, oh God, remember me, help us. And God, in his grace and in his mercy, he rushes to his people in a heart of relationship and rescues them and helps them. And God is, is disciplining them through this process like a good father. How many people remember getting your driver's license when you're, you know... In Alberta, it's 14. Who grew up on the farm and you had your, you were saying, I don't even need a driver's license. I was driving when I was 10, <laughs> right? A few of you. But I remember getting my driver's license and my dad, a loving father, but he would, he would allow the opportunities of my driving skills or lack thereof to teach me hard lessons for example, getting in an accident one night with my friends late at night, driving crazy on what we called Snake Road. The car completely, you know, totaled, driving back humbly to my dad, you know, to my house at one o'clock in the morning with hay in the hubcaps and it's all bent out of shape and dents and mud everywhere. And my dad saying, uh, how, was, how was youth group tonight? <laughs> I remember saying to my dad, youth group was great but I think you need to come see the car. <laughs> he came outside. And then because I had a license, he, as a loving father, said, well, you're not driving for about three months. 
You've lost that opportunity. And so I suffered. Took city transit. You know, all those kind of hardships that you grow up, you know, first world problems. But, but I suffered. I didn't have the, the, I suffered my own. I had to pay back my dad. I had to work. I had to get a job, work, and labor. And, and so as a loving father, just that opportunity to allow my own decisions to allow me to grow. And this is what Hebrews says. says, my, my dear child, don't, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child that he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. And that's why you must never drop out. Don't quit. Don't drop out when it gets hard. He's treating you as dear children. And this trouble that you're in isn't punishment. It's training. The normal experience of children. So God was was testing Israel and calling them back to relationship. The second thing that God was doing was he was teaching a new generation to war. He was teaching a generation to, to... be in relationship with him, and to find victory through their battles. That the battles that they were facing, the battles that were coming at them head on, that God was saying, I am calling you, preparing you, anointing you for battle so that you will wage successful warfare. And God has called this church, he's called you, and he's called me to wage successful warfare. And The most exciting thing about the battles that we face is we're going to see this in a moment, but it's God who is fighting our battles for us. But I believe that one of the key secrets or one of the key positions that we need to constantly have in our lives and renew a commitment to in our lives is this willing spirit. It's a willing spirit that says, God, no matter what's happening, no matter where I am, I'm going to bring my heart back around like the children of Israel. I'm going to cry out to you and say, God, I am willing to listen. I am willing to deal with the issues in my heart that I need to deal with. I am willing to read the parts of the Bible that I have a hard time reading because I don't like what it says about my lifestyle that I've chosen. I'm willing. I have a willing spirit because in that place of willingness, there's sustenance and there's victory. And you will see breakthrough and spiritual momentum, I believe, in your life as you just keep a willing spirit before the Lord. So Judges chapter 5, it's a song. It's a song by a, a judge that God raised up. Her name was Deborah. She was a prophet. She used to meet under the, the palm trees or the palm tree of Deborah. Pretty cool to have a tree named after you. And, and Deborah, her, her name means honeybee. She's a real sweet lady. And here's the neat thing about her name. She brought sweetness to the heart of the people of God through victory. Her victory allowed the nation to experience sweetness and blessing. And she brought a sting to the enemy. This mighty woman, this mighty leader, this mighty woman that God raised up, women in the house, I call you forth as Deborah's. I call you forth to be a leader that God calls up and anoints with power, with authority. Women in this house, you do not ever need to play second fiddle 
in your leadership capacity. God has anointed you, appointed you to be leaders, pastors, governors, business people, kingdom people. We love the women. We need the women to rise up with sweetness and with a sting. Come on. Don't just give me the sting, ladies. That's two women's Libby for me, like way out there. Don't just sting me. Don't just sting a brother. Be sweet. Deborah, sweet stinger. Sweet stinger Deborah. And then she had this guy who was the general of her army. His name was uh, Barak or Barak. His last name was not Obama. <laughs> and she calls Barak or Barak, calls him in, says, you need to go and you need to wage battle against the Canaanites. And you're going to wage battle against Jabin and Sisera, Sisera, who was the general of, of the army. And you're going to win. And so in chapter 4, the previous chapter, uh, this battle takes place. God just strengthens the people of God, the tribes rally with a willing spirit. There's victory. There's, there's joy. And they were, they were basically now just basking in the victory of God in the previous chapter. So Deborah and Barak say, let's sing a duet together. And, and you'll find this in Judges chapter 5. And, and this is the song that they sang in victory. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Obinanim, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers, I, even I will sing to the Lord, I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. And when you, Lord, went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook. Watch this. The earth shook. The heavens poured. The clouds poured down water. The mountains quaked before the Lord. The one of Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. Villagers in Israel would not fight. Verse 7. Then they held back until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose, a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders, and when war came to the city gates, war came, but not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you see the willingness of God's people? We struggle with just we at times we're willing but we, we we move in and out of this willing posture in our lives and we struggle like i said at the beginning with maintaining a willing spirit when i was maybe just five or six years old my mom signed me up she drafted me for a, a children's christmas play at our church and i was supposed to be the angel i didn't have a choice I'm like, Mom, if you sign me up to be like a Roman soldier, like Batman or something like that. Have you ever seen Batman in a Christmas play? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I'm like, i got to be somebody cool. She goes, I'm signing you up to be an angel. I said, I don't want to be an angel. because I, 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 I got to wear a dress. 
And I kicked and screamed, and I didn't go to any practices. And I remember the night of the big performance, and all the kids, all my friends from Sunday school, they're all lined up, and they're all angels and shepherds and this and that. And I remember just going, sitting in the hallway, just pouting, and I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to be part of this. I am, not part, I am not an angel. I'm not a part of this. <laughs> Unwilling. Stubborn. Rebellious. And then at the end, I remember peeking in and seeing the Sunday school teacher handing out bags of candy to all the children. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, hold on. <laughs> now, the Bible says that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. <laughs> and there's some truth there. When you keep a willing spirit, there's sustenance. When you keep a willing spirit, you will have victory. You will have advancement. You will, you will see God fighting your battles for you. And this is what this song celebrates in Judges chapter 5. It's, it's the fact that we all struggle with this, this willing spirit, but there were people that, that chose a, a willing spirit. And here's kind of the, uh, the, the, this summarizes the message this morning. This is the one thing I want you just to kind of, if you forget some other things in this message, remember this, a person with a willing spirit will say yes to God. When God speaks to you, when he speaks to me, a person with a willing spirit, somebody who has a willing spirit, who is willing to to stay in a posture of willingness and openness before God, when God speaks, you and I will say, yes, Lord, we're listening. We'll be like Samuel, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. We'll be like David, yes, I'm willing to take on the giant. We will be Like Ruth, yes, I am willing to go with you, Naomi. Your people will be my people. Yes, I am willing to follow God. We'll be like Deborah, willing to take leadership. Like Barak, willing to fight the battles. Willing to go and to follow what God calls us to do. A willing spirit, I believe, is is a key ingredient in spiritual victory and success. And so let's look at what happens when God's people have a willing spirit. This song pulls it out. It's beautiful. The first thing we see is that heaven and earth says yes. And what we see here is in the poetry of this song. We see the imagery and the poetry. And it says, when you, Lord, went out, the earth shook. The heavens poured, the clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked before the Lord. So they're, they're recounting what God did in his part of the battle as God sent God's people out, as Israel went out to war against the Canaanites, against Sisera. God said, as you step out in faith, I'm going to do my part. I'm, I'm going to rattle the earth. I'm going to pour out water. And, and Barak was given instructions of how to fight the battle. And we see this in, in the previous chapter where he was to go up the mountain. He was to go up the Mount, Mount Tabor and he was supposed to then start fighting down towards the Kishon River. And, and this is where the enemy ended up uh, rallying. When they heard that there was, the battle was on, the fight was on, the enemy rushed in with all of their... 900 chariots and, and, and all of their uh, weaponry and all of their strength. 
And they, they, they came together and with, with weapons and, and armor against the people of God. But, but Barak led the armies from the, the mountaintops down into the valley and, and fought them down on that valley. But, but we, we don't kind of know what happens in, in chapter 4, except we, we find out what happens when they sing the song in chapter 5. Because what happens was the enemy was defeated because God began to move. Heaven and earth began to move in favor of God's people. Where, where the, the, the floodwaters from the river began to overflow, rain came. We know what it's like in Calgary to have rainstorms and flooding take place. And can you imagine if there was an army right near the river, in the river valley, and then the rain began to come, and, and, and the wind began to blow, and, and God began to actually move heaven and earth to begin to fulfill his purposes. As God's people obeyed, heaven and earth said yes. Heaven and earth says, I am with the Lord. I have an obedient and a willing spirit. Now, I know some of this is imagery. I know some of this is, 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 uh, is metaphoric. But Jesus did say, he said, he said to pray this, Oh God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, what? On earth as it is in heaven. In other words, earth and heaven work together in the purposes of God. And I just want to call you this morning to open up your heart in a a willing posture again before the Lord because I believe God is about to move heaven and earth in certain situations that you are walking through. Some of you say it's got to be heaven and earth got to move. I'm in the middle of this dark valley. I'm in the middle of this trial. I'm in in something happening in my company right now, my business. I need God to move and go before me. And he wants to shift. He wants to shift mindsets and people and corporations and structures. And he wants to to speak to to, uh, relationships and, and mindsets that are beginning to shift that you have no control over. But as you say, God, I'm willing to say yes, as I'm willing to say yes to you, then you can know that God is going before you and he is shifting heaven and earth to align his purposes for your life. And you will see victory and you will see breakthrough. And you will see the purposes of God aligning you for success in the battle that you're walking through. It's so beautiful. And so this is what happens The waters are flooded. The chariots get stuck. The enemy is defeated. And even Sisera, who escapes, he gets murdered. He finds shelter in a home of somebody that he trusts, but even in that place. And the woman, Jael, takes care of him. And he's done. And there's a great victory in that land. Here's a really encouraging verse, Deuteronomy 20, verse 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. This morning, I just speak over your life. God is shifting heaven and earth. He is, and we can sing that song of Deborah saying, God, thank you that you are moving heaven and earth over my situation. I'm trusting you, Lord, that you're sending the rains that are needed. You're sending the floods that are needed. You are wiping out the enemy. You are ambushing the enemy before I even can get down that mountain. God, you are already at work. You are already for me. You are not against me. As I cry out to you, God, as I say I'm willing, I'm a willing leader, I'm a willing servant, God, you're going before me. Here's what else we see. Leaders say yes. When the people of God have a willing spirit, the leaders say, yes. Leaders say, yes. 
When the people of God say yes, it's a lot easier for leaders to lead. Now, leaders are going to lead you in, in the way of the Lord, in humility, in, in, uh, in openness before the Lord, or leaders can lead you sometimes in, in other directions. But there's something that happens when the people of God rally and say yes, when leaders step out. It says when, when, when leaders step out, praise the Lord or bless the Lord. When leaders lead in Israel, when the people, look at this, leaders are leading and the people willingly offer themselves. In other words, we don't just lead blindly, but we lead according to Scripture. We lead according to the voice of the Spirit. We lead with humility. We lead in that place of, of saying, God, we want what you have for us. We, we surrender our lives and ourselves to you and to your purposes. And God, as you lead us, we'll turn left, we'll turn right. God, we are stepping out in faith. We're knocking on doors. If you open doors, you open them. If you close them, you close them. You have another door. You have a better door. And we're trusting you, Lord, in this time. As, as the people just say, we're willing, we're willing, we're willing, then leaders can lead. And God has called each one of you to be a leader. God has called you to be a leader in your family. God has called you whatever sphere you have in your neighborhood. God has called you to be a leader in your marriage. Men, this is interesting because Barak, when Deborah came to him and said, Barak, I want you to fight this battle. He said, okay, as long as you go with me. He, I mean, what kind of a macho general, you know, can you see Mad Dog saying that to Donald Trump? You know, like, I'll go to the front line. You want to come? I mean, what kind of general... It showed his weakness. It showed his, his own insecurities. But you know, the neat thing is, is even though she's, Deborah's like, I'll go with you, because she was, she was a honeybee. <laughs> she's like, I got a stinger, and I'm ready to go. And so Deborah went with him. But you know, the neat thing is, women, it's a beautiful picture sometimes of how marriage works. Sometimes, you know, as guys, we're not always ready to go first and, and take that spiritual leadership. But rather than Deborah going, well, you should be, you know, the spiritual leader around here, and you're going to go, and I'm going to stay home. She's like, I'm going to go with you. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of I'm going to go with you in prayer. And ladies, one of the ways sometimes, you know, going up to your husband and saying, man, I wish you would be a more of a spiritual leader like this person or that person, or, you know, let's flip on the TV and all the, you know, people on TV. I wish you'd be more like this and that and this pastor and this leader or this neighbor or that friend. Women, just to say to your husband, I'm going to go with you. It's going to give him courage. And you know, the neat thing is, I believe that even how she gave him courage by saying, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you in heart, he actually stepped up to be one of the people that ended up in Hebrews in the hall of faith. Barak. Because I believe that Deborah gave him the strength just by saying, I'm with you, I'm not against you. And men, I just want to encourage you guys to step up and step out. You are called to lead. You are called to lead in a way that only you can lead in your home. Both men and women, both husbands and wives, if you're single, tune in. Because one day, this might apply to you. Both of you have a role to play. And it's serving one another. It's honoring one another. It's going with each other. It's saying, I'm not going to put you down. I'm not going to, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you into battle. And I'm going to strengthen you. Leaders say yes. And as leaders say yes, there's victory. And God is fighting these battles for us. Finally this morning, 
Here's the sad reality, but not everyone will say yes. And this is what happened. As the tribes of Israel went to battle, there were some tribes that were second-guessing joining this battle. And you don't find that in chapter 4, but the song pulls it out. Can you imagine having a song that's dissing people that didn't go with you? (laughs) I don't know how they sang these songs. They're pretty wordy. They must have had quite the overhead projectors or the, uh, you know, how do you... But as they're singing the song, the song kind of says, well, these people went and these people gave their lives and these people went all in. They were all hard. They had willing hearts, willing leaders, willing people. But then there were these guys. And the question is posed, why did you stay among the sheep pens to hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. In other words, should we go or should we not go? Is this really God or is this not? Am I really part of this? And there was a divided heart. There was an unwillingness to go all in with God and what he had called them to. There's much searching of heart in Gilead then stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by the ships? And Asher, he remained on the coast. And he stayed in his coves. Excuses like, well, I had to work. I was busy. It's too far to go. It's too dangerous. I'd rather just stay here where it's Safe. I, I, I got other things I'm doing right now. And not everyone said yes. And, and God is calling us together to say yes with a willing spirit as he leads us into the future, as he leads us into his vision for Calgary, for First Assembly, for your family, personally in your life, just a, a willingness to say yes rather than wavering and saying, well, maybe. Yes to God. And again, God can say, turn right, turn left, but just say yes. And as we say yes, we can know that God is going before us. But it even gets worse. There was a curse upon people in this song. There's a, there's a curse. Curse Mayraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly because they do not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. An, un, an unwilling spirit in our lives. It's not that you and I will live under a curse when we're just unwilling, but we, I believe, invite bondage and negativity. We're saved by grace, and so if you're a believer in Jesus, he died on the cross, he gave his life, that there's no more curse over you as you put your faith and your trust in him, but we can allow areas of our lives to, to move towards negativity, move towards bondages, when we have an unwilling spirit, when we say, forget it, I'm not budging, I'm doing whatever I want to do. Rather than saying, God, I'm willing. And this morning, God's call for us is like children. He's, he's allowing potentially some of the wars and battles that you're walking through or you have walked through to actually bring you to relationship and to call you to war, to be a warrior to be one that steps up and steps out with great faith, saying, Lord, not only am I willing, but God, keep me in a spirit of having a willing heart, a willing spirit. Because as we have a willing spirit, we will see 
victory. We will see success. We will be able to sing the song of Deborah and Barak. We will begin to sing and say, when there's leaders that lead, praise the Lord. When there's willing people that will just willingly give themselves to the Lord, praise the Lord. We'll see the, the church grow. We'll see the kingdom come. We'll see, we'll see finances increase. We'll see uh, orphans and single moms reach. We'll, we'll see a city uh, turned upside down for, for the Lord, right side up rather, into the things of the kingdom. And we will see God's people lean in together into his purposes. And, and may it not be in your heart or my heart that we have some wavering, that we have some you know, back and forth. Should I really listen to the Lord in this area? Some of us, it's scripture. And you say, I have a hard time reading that scripture because it convicts me of some personal lifestyle choices that I feel like me and the Lord just have this little arrangement on. He understands me. And the Lord may be convicting you to say, say are you willing to deal with with that area of sin and brokenness in your life before me and to come to a place of disclosure and repentance because otherwise we can live under not a curse so much, but we can live under that bondage and that place of negativity. And sometimes we say, when will this storm ever go away? Well, we should ask ourselves, when was the last time I was fully willing to obey God 100% with what he's called me to do? Well, when is this going to lift? What kind of God would allow me to walk through this? A loving God who's calling you to his heart, who's calling you to learn how to war in a season where war is more important now than ever. We need to war for our nation. We need to war for families. We need to war for marriages. We need to war for orphans. We need to war for the homeless in our city. We need to war for the women of our city. We need to war for the families of our city. We need to say yes and have a willing spirit before the Lord. And we will watch him rise us up in victory. Would you stand up with me this morning?